The Mark Stein Show. And now, here's Mark. Okay, all together now. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Uh, Actually, no, it doesn't look anything like Christmas. It looks like Narnia, C.S. Lewis, where it's always winter but never Christmas. Headline from my old friends at The Spectator, quote, Why a spring return to normal might still be possible. That's encouraging, isn't it? A spring return to normal. Well, let's see now. Yesterday was the solstice for all you hippy-dippy Vermont solstice worshippers. So today's the first day of winter. And so that would mean the last day of winter would be in three months' time. So we then have the first day of spring. (sighs) When they say a spring return to normal, might, might still might still be possible. Do they mean early spring or late spring, mid-June, say? Because that's six months away. Always winter, but never Christmas. The all-knowing, all-powerful Fauci says that COVID measures will have to remain in place until 2022. Uh, What's the significance of that year? Uh, For countries that hold free and fair elections, not much. But in America... In 2022, we're supposed to be focused on whether Eric Swalwell's poll is up in California or even in Shanghai. Uh, And so when they talk about 2022, they're softening you up for stealing the midterms. Get used to it. Always winter, never Christmas. No Radio City Rockettes, no English pantomimes, no Nutcracker at the ballet, no Mark Stein Christmas show live on stage. You can have music in Zoom boxes unless it diverges from the official line, like Van Morrison and Eric Clapton's anti-lockdown song, in which case the blue checker of Twitter and Facebook and iTunes and Amazon will ban it. Have you seen Savan and Clapper lately? Has some young commissar, eager for promotion, sent them on a one-way ticket to a long-term care facility? Don't worry, there's still a lorry yuletide laughs out there. In New York, Andrew Cuomo is taking time out from killing old people to start doing seasonal shtick. We had a request for a waiver of quarantine. We normally do not do waivers of quarantine. Uh, It's unfortunate that we're in this situation, but people from other states that have a higher infection rate, what we're dealing with with the UK now, Uh, As I said, no state is an island, so you have to protect yourself, and that's what the quarantine rules did. Uh, But we have an unusual request, uh, but DUH has been considering it for the past few days, and they have actually granted the request. Santa Claus asked for an exception for the 14-day quarantine requirement (laughs) because it would be impracticable for him to Uh, be in the state and then quarantine and still get uh, all his gifts delivered on time. DOH uh, was flexible. They have granted the, they have granted the quarantine waiver, but Santa is required to uh, wear a mask this year. I think you will still be able to recognize him, uh, even though he'll be wearing a mask. 
because he does have a fairly distinct uh, outfit that he wears, uh, plus his uh, body style is, is fairly distinct. So I don't think there'll be any issue in identifying Santa this year. He'll be able to do his job, uh, but do it safely because he'll be wearing a mask. So thank you, Dr. Zucker. Uh-huh. Couldn't we have run this leaden shtick out for a few more nail-biting days? Could the governor announce that the SWAT team will be out to take down any four-year-old girl who leaves COVID-spreading milk and cookies at the foot of the chimney? The all-powerful Fauci, the white wanker of the new Narnia, isn't just granting quarantine waivers, he's taking it to the pole. Will Santa still be able to visit me in coronavirus season? What if he can't go to anyone's house or near his reindeer? Well, I have to say I took care of that for you because I was worried that you'd all be upset. So what I did a little while ago, I took a trip up there to the North Pole. I went there and I vaccinated Santa Claus myself. I measured his level of immunity and he is good to go. He can come down the chimney. He can leave the presents. He can leave and you have nothing to worry about. Does the, quote, chief medical advisor to the president-elect, unquote, actually have jurisdiction over the North Pole? Did he quarantine for two weeks when he got there? Because I don't remember Fauci being off the telly for a fortnight. If he didn't quarantine, how do we know he didn't spread the virus to all the elves in Santa's workshop? Always winter. Never Christmas. Nothing but government jokes, which are no laughing matter. The good news for Americans is that the new lepers of the planet are the citizens of the United Kingdom who have the latest Chicom 19, which is either 70% more lethal or 70 times as lethal, or maybe both. I've heard multiple variants from news reporters. With Chairman Xi's usual amusing timing, uh, the new Chicom 19 has shown up just in time for the Brexit deadline. So Brussels can remind London good and hard that when you're out, you're really out. Uh, the celebrity corona victim of the day, the American country and Western star Katie Oslin, died yesterday. The lady had big hits in the 80s, like 80s ladies. But this one seems the song for our times, as Fauci and Professor Pantsdown uh, and all the other experts are promising. The lethally mutating COVID's promise to you is simple. Keep your eyes on the horizon when you start to missing me. Just look out your window and there I'll be because I'll always come back, come back, baby, to you. country hit in 1987 always winter never christmas 
because just look out your window and there the COVID will be lurking, waiting. Dead of the Chinese coronavirus at the age of 78, KT Oslin. Where's all this headed? I'll get to that a little later, but now from a province of a mighty empire where everything is policed except crime. Good evening, all. It's your Brit Wanker Copper of the Day. Mostly this series is about wanker coppers from the Metropolitan Police in London and the other English constabularies and occasionally we wander over to the Scots, Ulster and Welsh police and once in a while we expand to the broader Britannic world in the sense of Canada's Sir John A. Macdonald, a British subject I was born and a British subject I shall die, and Australia's Sir Robert Menzies, I'm British to my bootstrap. So today we have a Commonwealth wanker copper from the province of Alberta, specifically the Calgary Police, which is the third largest municipal force in Canada after Toronto and Montreal. They were formed in 1885 with a chief and two constables. They have rather more today, which is why they were able to send a whole bunch of them around to break up a pickup hockey game outdoors. Many of you will have heard this clip, but I want to get it in here on the record. Uh, Lord Acton famously said, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And right now, the state across North America, throughout Western Europe, in Australia and New Zealand, has absolute power over absolutely everything. Whether you can leave your house, whether you can open your place of business, whether you can go to church... Whether you can have your sister and her kids round for Christmas dinner or even for a quick eggnog and cookies in the back garden. The politicians go on TV and talk tough about how this absolute power will be strictly enforced. But the fellows who have to enforce it are just the usual mediocrities, bureaucrats and on the sharp end, policemen. Absolute power for the best part of a year corrupts absolutely. And so you have a bunch of youths playing hockey outdoors on a chill night in Canada, as Canadians have done for the entirety of our history, and suddenly an out-of-control female constable is pointing a taser at the guy and effing and blinding across the night air. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Hey, oh, orcs, orcs, orcs. Oh, oh, she's oh, on the, get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the effing ground right now. Get on the ground before I effing taser you. A few years ago, in my small town in New Hampshire, the boys liked to play hockey on uh, the frozen pond at night, and according to the Board of Selectmen, they weren't supposed to do that. But boys like to do that. And compared to almost anything else they like to do, meth or heroin, it's the better choice. But still, the Select Board had passed their law, so Al, my one-man police department and the perfect police chief, used to let them have their fun for a while. 
and at a certain point he would drive in and announce, OK, boys, you can go home now. Yes, yes, I know, a big city is not a small town in the hills of New Hampshire, but I would fire that Calgary constable just for the F-words, for two reasons. First, because it contributes to the general degradation of society, and I don't see why taxpayers should pay for that. And second, because the reason constables are armed and can point serious weaponry at you is to ensure that they don't uh, degenerate into the generalised rage of uncontrolled shouting and swearing. Because that changes the calculus for the member of the public. He suddenly has to calculate whether this out-of-control copper is so out-of-control that she's going to kill him. I'm speaking here of a Canadian and Commonwealth context, not about America, which for historical reasons has developed an entirely different approach to policing. But this constable knows these are guys just goofing around playing hockey. They're not dealing drugs. They're not holding up convenience stores. They're young people who've lived these hideous, shrunken COVID non-lives for almost a year now. And they just like to get out on the ice in the open air at no serious risk to anybody. Here's the guy they wanted to tase, Ocean Weisblatt, talking to Kean Bext of Rebel News. It was crazy. Like, I was so shocked. Like, I came out here to play hockey, and I got arrested for playing hockey. Like, I'm going to have kids one day. I'm going to tell my kids that I got arrested for playing hockey. Like, that just sounds nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, there's murders happening in this world. There's rape. There's sex trafficking. There's all these different things. Like, really bad things that are happening in this world. And... We're getting punished to play hockey, playing sports outside. Yeah. And, like, that's just ridiculous. It is. The Calgary police are politicised in all the usual dreary ways. Earlier this year, they all ostentatiously took a knee to abase themselves before Black Lives Matter. That's not a small thing. Uh, that's corrupting, too, because it indicates the constabulary no longer looks on the citizenry as the citizenry, but as members of different identity groups, some of which they flatter and fawn on, and some of which are subjected to rougher treatment. But this isn't going to work for another year. Youth suicide rates are skyrocketing during lockdown. And policing these absurd, ever-changing rules with humanity would require a subtlety and sophistication uh, that very few of our so-called public servants would be capable of. Furthermore, the longer this goes on, the more comfortable hitherto normal, restrained bureaucrats become with the get on the effing ground or I'll effing taser you approach, because they have absolute power and absolutely absolute power corrupts absolutely. I said it when I was guest hosting Tucker the other week, but I think people are beginning to forget how life was before all this weirdness began. If you're 19, 20, 21, a significant proportion of your adult life has been spent in lockdown. If you're a young constable, a significant proportion of your police career has been spent wielding powers that very few policemen in history have ever wielded. There is no science behind tasing kids 
playing hockey outdoors. But absent mass civil disobedience, there will be more coppers like this profane, raging, unfit Calgary police officer. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, which is how 15 days to flatten the curve became 15 months to flatten you and soften free peoples up for unfree lives in perpetuity. Christmas on the Mark Stein Show. We're not really as Christmassy around here as we should be for the week before Christmas. That's because here in America we're staggering through the world's most god-awful, mostly peaceful, peaceful transition of power. And in many other places, Christmas has been in effect cancelled which was what we once used to leave to totalitarian societies to do. So Christmas is clanking around like Marley's ghost, dragging about the chains of a brazenly stolen presidential election and the soon-to-be-stolen Georgia runoff, and more generally restraints throughout the Western world on the most basic liberties, like the right to spend Christmas with your granny. Usually by this time in December, I've set politics aside until early January, because who wants to be talking about Kelly Perdue and David Luffler, whatever, on the eve of uh, Christmas Eve? Laura Rosen-Cohen, the proprietress of Laura's Links every Wednesday here at Stein Online, summed it up a few days ago and she said that even Laura's linkiest links... Uh, weren't as good as Laura's latkes, which she was whipping up for Hanukkah. Anyway, Laura's latkes reminded me that... uh, Cover up your ears for this bit, Laura. Latkes aren't just for Hanukkah anymore. Why not try some latkes for Christmas Eve with a Martha Stewart twist? Here's me and Martha in the kitchen talking latkes from the Mark Stein Christmas show back in the 90s. What we have on uh, Christmas Eve is uh, freshly made potato yeah. pancakes or latkes, yes. uh, which is um, traditionally uh, a Hanukkah oh, food, yeah, but uh, we eat it with um, Ocetra caviar, yes. mounds of sour cream, and freshly made pink applesauce. So the pink applesauce has... has to uh, make you feel good. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of New England-fied, the Again. Hanukkah recipe. Is that what the American Christmas is, really, a... Eh? Uh, a, a sort of composite of, uh, of all oh, different Oh, it is indeed, traditions. because um, my sister-in-law is Norwegian. Yeah. So we have Swedish pancakes on Christmas right. morning. Swedish, not Norwegian, yes. <laughs> Swedish, but with cloudberries from right. Norway right. on top. Very rare, those yellow right. cloudberries. And we have uh, the Polish mushroom soup, which is my mother's Polish yeah. recipe. We have um, the pierogi, which are right. Polish. Uh, we will have um, certain amounts of Jewish food, because that's right. part of my daughter's, my daughter's heritage, is, uh, and her father is Jewish, right. and so we have some of that. We have... Um, um, American food galore, everything oh. you can imagine. <laughs> well, there's, there, there, there is a theory. Here's a picture that, of those pancakes. Yeah, they look they look pretty good. I love that pink apple stuff, and yes. that's what that's just a dollop of sour, sour cream, cream is or there? creme fraiche if you want to get a little fancier. Oh, creme fraiche, mm-hmm. actually, mm, but that takes a couple of days to do or something. The it? creme fraiche. Oh, it takes yeah, a couple of hours. Yeah, just butter, milk, and heavy yeah. cream. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it's good. And how healthy are you at the end of a? Uh, at, at well, I'm extremely healthy day. all the time. Oh, indeed. Martha Stewart and me. I don't know whether we're going to introduce a regular cooking feature on the show. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. But we will have a little more from Martha before the week is out as part of our festive observances. 
in this not-so-festive 2020. And we will have a brand-new Laura's Links tomorrow, with maybe a bit of pushback from Laura on Martha's Latka appropriation. You never know. I'm just trying to keep myself awake here through the 12 days of Senate runoff. Mark's mailbox is on the air. Patrick Pierce, a Steinclubber from the province of Alberta, where outdoor hockey gets you tasered into submission. Patrick writes, Where, oh where, are we headed in this abyss called the 21st century? No common sense, less freedom of movement, mass hysteria about a microorganism which, if contracted has a 99.9% survival rate for most of the population, excepting your old white guys. Lockdowns don't and won't work, as has already been shown. When any virus enters the community, uh, e.g. influenza, it remains until it runs its course and will return when seasonal conditions are ripe. Why are we thinking we can be King Canutes trying to stop the waves? One thing not tried is getting back to normal and protect the vulnerable or give them the vaccine first, irrespective of race or colour. Well, Patrick, King Canute gets a bum deal from posterity because he was, in fact, trying to teach his courtiers the limits of government power by standing at the water's edge and commanding it not to soak his loafers. He was saying, look, there are things even an all-powerful government such as myself can't control, which is why uh, my footwear and my trouser turn-ups are now sodden. Uh, So he wouldn't get anywhere these days, because if you recall, when Barack Obama won the presidential nomination, he proclaimed that this would be looked back at as the day when the oceans ceased to rise. He literally announced himself as the anti-Canute, a man who can wield power over the very heavens. And instead of scoffing and pelting him with rotten fruit, they cheered to the rafters and elected him in a landslide. So it is now routine to have governments claiming to have absolute power over every aspect of existence. Um, I take it by where are we headed? You mean in terms of the politics of this? People with a highish level of uh Uh, familiarity with freedom can submit to totalitarianism. The Hungarians, for example, who are some of the most iconoclastically life-affirming people on the planet, uh, were nevertheless walled up in a communist prison state that operated uh, fairly quiescently for half a century. Traditionally, we thought of the English-speaking peoples as different, because unlike the continent, they didn't fall for communism or fascism. But they've fallen for wokeism to a much greater degree than, say, the French or the Swiss or the Slovenes have. So we have a particular problem. Uh, The restrictions on free speech that have been applied to honest conversation about Islam or transgenderism or climate change are now being applied uh, to lockdown and to lockdown dissenters like the aforementioned Van Morrison. Meanwhile, we have political parties that, especially in the choked septic tank of U.S. politics, uh, where there are only two kinds of ossified human waste in the foul tank, have nothing to say of relevance. It's summed up by this new COVID relief bill, where they've spent six months trying to pass a law that will uh, give you a check for 600 bucks to cover the last eight months. 
Um, I wrote many years ago in America Alone that government health care makes it all but impossible to have truly conservative government ever again. And I think that's true. So we now have not just government health care, but a permanent government-operated public health crisis. In tough times, do the people cry out for more individual liberty, or do they make like Hilaire Belloc and cling to nurse for fear of finding something worse? The left has bet that it's 1945 and the masses want Clement Attlee and a supersized state rather than Churchill and abstractions about liberty. In fact, they think it's better than 1945 that they're ushering in a world where government work pays well and the big woke cartel plugged into government, Apple, Amazon, uh, increases in prosperity and beneath them is a big, useless, dependent class that just sits at home waiting for the occasional $600 check with which to renew its Netflix subscription. What will those Netflix shows be about? The salient point about Tom Cruise's meltdown the other day is that he had to request permission directly from Her Britannic Majesty's government to film his crappy movie. Now, would the government have given permission if he were, say, making an anti-lockdown drama with uh, Eric Clapton and Van Morrison? I think we all know the answer to that. Uh, that's not exactly uh, cheering at this time of year. But if you don't want to live in the world Chairman Xi and Bob Iger and Bezos and Zuckerberg are building for you, there is great opportunity for the most profound political realignment and redefinition uh, since the French Revolution. Because things like free speech, freedom of association, freedom of religion, freedom of movement are not abstractions anymore. Uh, you wake up every morning and you switch on the radio to hear what Andrew Cuomo or Rob Ford or Boris Johnson will permit you to do today. And don't forget, two of those three are supposedly conservative. Um, this isn't about a bill of rights anymore. It's not about parchment or paperwork. It's about whether Granny will be sitting in her usual seat at the Christmas table. And people with no uh, interest in politics can grasp that because thanks to people like Cuomo, they're not allowed not to grasp it. He's in your face about it. So the question is whether the so-called right, the David Cameron right, the Andrew Scheer right, the Scott Morrison right, the Leffler Perdue right, uh, can also grasp that and talk about anything that matters or whether... Like that conference in Florida the other day, they're just going to have girls in hot pants firing guns loaded with dollar bills into the crowd. Who dares wins, runs the famous motto of the SAS. Where is the right that dares? In these trying times, we could all use a little diversion. Watch Mark Stein's readings of work by poets from Robert Browning to Robert Service in Stein's Sunday Poems. Whether it's Keats's Ode on a Grecian Urn, John McRae's In Flanders Fields, or James Montgomery's Greenland, Stein brings you the rhyme, rhythm, and reason behind classics and lesser-known delights. Stein's Sunday Poems are available exclusively at www.steinonline.com for members of the Mark Stein Club. View the full catalog at www.steinonline.com poems. The Mark Stein Club presents The Hundred Years Ago Show. 
A bloody Christmas on the Adriatic, a plethora of parliaments for Ireland, and lighting up Russia. It's December 1920. A hundred years from today. Your world news update, the messy aftermath of the Great War continues. The Brussels conference has closed with the victorious allies of that war establishing a 42-year timetable for German war reparations to France and Belgium. On the other hand, in his year-end report to the allies, France's Marshal Foch Commander-in-Chief of the Allied Armies has found that Germany has failed to comply with its disarmament obligations under the Treaty of Versailles. Although it has dismantled certain fortresses and reduced its regular army, the Reichswehr, to 100,000 men, the German government has made no attempt to disarm its militias in eastern Prussia, and Bavaria. Marshal Foch also says that German factories are continuing to manufacture and export munitions worldwide. The stars are brightly shining, but that may just be rocket fire. On Christmas Eve, the Kingdom of Italy launched its so-called Natale di Sangua, bloody Christmas campaign against the state of Fiume on the Adriatic coast, where the poet Gabriel D'Annunzio has proclaimed himself leader of the so-called Regency of Canaro. Italian warships continue to bombard the city of Fiume in order to force out D'Annunzio and destroy his so-called regency. Those bells ring out, the train bells, that is, on the first ever direct railway route from the Imperial Metropolis in London to British India. Following an agreement at San Remo between the governments of the French Republic and the United Kingdom, the British have been granted an easement across the desert of Paris's new League of Nations mandate for Syria and the Lebanon. This last piece of the puzzle gives Britain a direct land route to India as soon as they build a new railway line from the Mediterranean Sea in Palestine uh, to connect with existing 
British lines in Mesopotamia and Persia. The 8th All-Russian Congress of Soviets, of Workers, Peasants, Red Army and Cossack Deputies is underway in Moscow. The Congress has adopted what economist Gleb Krizhanovsky calls a five-year plan to restore the Russian economy. Uh, the plan's priority is stated in its acronym. The Goluro Plan stands for the Gozudastfelaya Elektrifikashi Rossi, the State Commission for the Electrification of Russia. More electrifying news from Kharkiv, capital of the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic. Representatives of the new pro-Bolshevik Ukrainian state and Soviet Russia have signed the Workers' Peasant Union Treaty, which appears to put both the Ukrainian military and the Ukrainian economy under the control of Moscow. In Baku, things have not gone well for Major General Habib Bey Salimov. He was the first chief of the general staff of the Azerbaijan Democratic Republic. But then the Bolsheviks took over and proclaimed a new Azerbaijan Soviet Socialist Republic. The chief of the general staff declined to cooperate with the Bolsheviks, so they have now executed him by firing squad. Against these trends is a setback for communism in the Balkans. The Kingdom of the Serbs, Croats and Slovenes has issued a decree banning the Communist Party of Yugoslavia. Well, it wasn't exactly Christmas morning at Clancy's, but on the morning of Christmas Eve, Ireland woke up to the news that it would be getting two new parliaments, one for Northern Ireland, one for Southern Ireland with the Government of Ireland Bill having received royal assent from King George V a few minutes before 12 o'clock the night before and becoming law at the stroke of midnight. In a speech upon the prorogation of Parliament, His Majesty declared that the state of affairs in Ireland grieves me profoundly. I deplore the campaign of violence and outrage whereby a small section of my subjects seek to sever Ireland from the empire. And I sympathise with the loyal servants of the crown who are endeavouring to restore peace and maintain order under conditions of unexampled difficulty and danger. It is my earnest hope that all sections of the people of Ireland will insist upon a return to constitutional methods, which alone can put an end to the terrible events that threaten ruin. I sincerely hope that this act, the fruit of more than 30 years of ceaseless controversy, will finally bring about unity and friendship between all the peoples of my kingdom.
Will there be peace for Christmas? 24 members of Sinn Féin, the Irish Republican Party, have been arrested in Clondulane and the army seized one of the biggest ever caches of weaponry in Fermoy. With warrants for his arrest pending, the Sinn Féin leader Eamon de Valera is nevertheless reported to have returned from a tour of America and secretly made his way back to Dublin after being smuggled across the Irish Sea from Liverpool on the ocean liner RMS Celtic. He is rumoured to have been hidden in the cabin of the vessel's second mate. In the United States, a member of Company M of the Alabama National Guard has shot and killed Adrian Northcutt, an official with the United Mine Workers of America who was leading the strike of coal miners at Norvoo in Walker County, Alabama. Mr. Northcutt's son-in-law, Willie Baird, then in turn shot and killed the National Guardsman, James Morris. Mr. Baird has turned himself in to county law enforcement officials and will stand trial for murder. The unincorporated community of Pleverville? Pleverville? Pleweville? Anyway, the unincorporated community of P-L-E-H-W-E-V-I-L-L-E, Texas, has changed its name at the request of the U.S. Department of the Post Office because even though the Mason County community has fewer than two dozen residents, too many letters are misdirected due to the difficulty in spelling its name. The general storekeeper and postmaster Eli Dechart has decided to rename the place Art, A-R-T, after the last three letters of his surname. The U.S. Post Office may not know much about art, but they know what they like, and this new name suits them just fine. One of the largest ever underground evacuations has taken place after a loss of electrical power stranded 10 subway trains inside New York City's Montague Street tunnel at 5,000 feet, by far the longest tunnel in the city's subway system. Many of the 10,000 passengers found themselves trapped underneath the East River between Manhattan and Brooklyn and forced to walk a substantial distance along the track to reach the shore and a stairwell to the surface. Winter time is freezing time, teasing time and squeezing time. That's the time to love. With your lady love you go, skimming o'er the ice and snow, silver moon above. Hear the sleigh bells ring, hear them jingling. Winter, winter, when the snow is softly falling, that's the time to squeeze, when it starts to freeze, in October and November and December, just remember winter, winter, when your sweetheart comes a-calling. By the fireside so bright, you'll sit and tease her. That's the time to squeeze her when it's winter. Winter is the time to tease her and squeeze her, but there may be a bit too much of that in Arthur Schnitzler's play Regan. 23 years after Herr Schnitzler wrote 
the piece. It has received a belated stage debut in Berlin. The production is a work in ten scenes of highly sexually active couples moving on from one partner to the next, starting with the whore and the soldier, and the soldier then progressing to a new relationship with the parlour maid, who in turn moves on to the young gentleman. Alas, these are not the gay 90s in Vienna, and Germans have strongly objected to the immoral and highly sexualized scenes on stage. In sports news, a record crowd has watched a ladies' football match. At Goodison Park at the Walton in Liverpool, 53,000 spectators turned out to see the Dick Kerr and Company Ladies' Football Club defeat the St Helens Ladies' Football Club 4-0. Despite the huge attendance, many other football fans feel that seeing ladies kicking balls all over the pitch is almost as revolting as what the females are up to in that Arthur Schnitzler play. Still, there are rules for football now, both for association football and for variants such as rugby. And a lot of that was down to a man called Francis Maul Campbell, who played for Blackheath Football Club and played a critical role in the 19th century divergence of rugby union from association football. Mr Campbell, having passed his more recent years as a wine merchant, has died at the age of 76. And that's The Way of the World, December 1920. A hundred years from today Don't forget our 100 Years Ago show will be reprised as a Sunday standalone starting in the new year. Before I head off to make those Martha Stewart Christmas latkes, and speaking of Christmas cuisine, a few years back I made a Christmas record with my old pal Jessica Martin, A Marshmallow World. And one day Glenn Beck came into work and some producer was playing it in the office uh, and Glenn said, hey, what's that? It's pretty good. And the guy said, oh, it's Mark Stein's Christmas single. And Glenn went, Mark Stein, the Canadian human rights guy? The hate monger's got a holiday single? What's up with that? And so he played it on air, and within about 20 minutes, it hit number six on Amazon's top pop downloads, which isn't Bohemian Rhapsody, but it did pay a chunk of my legal bills that year. Well, after Marshmallow World, the following Christmas, I thought we should do another Christmassy food song. Uh, So Jessica and I did Sweet Gingerbread Man. And at some point, I thought, you know, Gingerbread and Eggnog would make a good title for an album. And I felt certain there must be an Eggnog song out there to go with Sweet Gingerbread Man. I mean, what's more American than Eggnog? So I looked and looked and there was nothing. I mean, there was a punk song or a thrash metal song or some such about some guy feeling suicidal at Christmas and planning to kill himself after glugging a gallon of eggnog. And that was it. So eventually I said to my musical director, Kevin Amos, ah, nuts to this, it's easier to write one ourselves. So we did. Here's Kevin's and my little eggnog song as rendered by Jessica Martin and me. Gotta get a Christmas tree Gotta get on Santa's knee Hey, for we're running on eggnog And Christmas can't go wrong Gotta get the turkey stuffed Gotta get the pastry puffed Hey, for we're running on eggnog And 
Christmas is a song. Oh, Christmas is a coming. It can make you highly stressed. But just try the new Titanic. That works best. Gotta go a caroling. Gotta hear the church bells ring. Hey, but we're running on eggnog. And Christmas rolls along. Suddenly you're noggin' and a goggin' clouds of spice Then beat six eggs Until they begs Then, then chill, chill and serve and, and drain it to the dress Gotta get the lights restrung Gotta get my stocking hung Hate the way running on eggnog And Christmas can't go wrong Gotta chop the firewood Paper we're running on eggnog And Christmas is a song Oh, Christmas is a coming It can make you highly stressed But just try the Yuletide tonic That works best Gotta sign the Christmas cards See you soon Best regards Cause we're running on eggnog And Christmas rolls along Shovel off the snow beneath Hey, but let's have one more eggnog And Christmas can't go wrong Gotta get your present wrapped Oh no, your present! I knew there was something! Why didn't you remind me? Oh, one more eggnog And Christmas... You're joking about my present, right? When the visions of sugar plumbing Started drumming in your head Don't get the blues. You need a rest. Don't blow a fuse. You're out of zest. Take the old Titanic. That works best. Gonna get the mistletoe. Gonna stand you right below. Gonna take it nice and slow. Cause I'm running on eggnog. And when you got a full tank of eggnog, Christmas just rolls Sweet gingerbread girl Jessica Martin and yours truly running on eggnog, written by uh, me and Kevin Amos. Uh, while I was promoting the album, Sean Hannity read out that song title from the CD and said, Eggnog is disgusting. And I said, And you call yourself a great American? And he's never had me back on the show since. Nah, I'm just kidding. That will do it for today's show. I will see you this evening for a brand new Christmas tale for our time. And then on the telly with Tucker on Wednesday evening for whatever doom and despair afflicts us at that hour. And just ahead of that, the aforementioned Laura's links will round up the internet for you. Stay safe, stay free, hang tough.
Join us next time for another edition of The Mark Stein Show. The Mark Stein Show is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. All rights reserved.